Alright, Titus chapter 1. We're just going to read verse 15. We've read this a few times the last few weeks here, but we haven't really talked about this verse. So, Titus chapter 1, verse 15. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. So, This verse here is speaking of the two types of people and each one's view of the world around them. You ever read this verse and wonder what he's talking about exactly? It seemed a little confusing to you. Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. You know, if you'll understand what I'm saying to you tonight, this is how it is. You know, every person kind of creates their own world. The way you view things. One, you know, one looks for good and one only looks for the bad. That's kind of how it is, ain't it? (laughs) I mean, you can pretty well separate it into the two camps. The same cold air, you know, when I go out in the cold, it makes me feel good. It does. If you're dressed. Now, if you're not dressed for it, it don't feel too good. It hurts. But to be out in the cold air, I've always liked winter because working outside and when you work hard enough to stay warm, it just, I mean, it just invigorates you. But what does cold air do to somebody who's, who is somebody who's not healthy? Well, Dad can't do it very good anymore. Cold air kind of puts him down. So it it depends on the person. How the same thing affects two different people two different ways. You know, another way to look at it is this. Rotten fruit is sweet to a worm. <laughs> but it's, it's noxious to us. If we see a rotten apple, it's... Uh-oh. But a worm likes it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how people are about the world around them. Mm-hmm. It's the same fruit, but it's having different effects on different beings. You know, a person who's a noble person. You know what I mean when I say that? A noble person. Uh, somebody with integrity. Somebody that honors other people, somebody who who has honor. I mean, who's an honorable person? Noble. They look at the world different than somebody else does. A noble person will see all things noble. He looks for that. He doesn't look for the rot and the, and the filth and the junk. But the defiled and unbelieving person sees all things as contemptible. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, there's nothing pure. It's all rotten. Whole world stinks. Ain't no, you can't trust nobody. Everybody's a liar. All men are liars. We create and, and we unmake the world around us with our moods. We do that sometimes more than once a day. 
Our mood changes the way we look at everything. I mean, everything can be good, and then all of a sudden our mood changes, and everything's rotten, and ain't nothing good. You see what I mean? What I'm talking about is what you're looking, how you're looking at outward from inside. The mind's eye creates a world for itself, good or bad. My, my. Do you study people? Do you watch people? Do you think about people? Mm-hmm. And then look in the mirror and think about yourself? As you look at other people, do you realize yourself? Do you see some of the same traits in yourself that you see in other people that you don't like? Well, that that's growth. That's getting somewhere. If we can do that. But if all we can do is just look out there and see all the bad and criticize and condemn and have contempt for everything and everybody, we're not getting anywhere. The mind is affected by purity and pollution. So the mind's eye creates a world for for itself. We view the world. Everybody's got a view of the world, good or bad. Now, it's not that the pure mind doesn't see the pollution and recognize it as such. That's not what this is saying to us here. And that's not what I'm saying. And everybody knows that ain't true. You know, to the pure, all things are pure. That don't mean that when you're, if you have a pure mind and heart, that you just see everything is pure and wonderful. No, you don't have to look far before you can see that there is corruption in this world all around us. And very close. But it's more about the fact that the polluted mind doesn't see the purity. Now, there is a problem right there. The pure mind can see the pollution and recognize it as pollution, but has a different attitude toward all, toward it all, while the defiled mind and conscience looks at the world with a totally different attitude and can't see any good. The world is what it is. And that means that right now there's both good and evil in it. That's the world we live in. There's good and evil in it. Now, most people only see the evil. And they're persuaded that all is evil and there's no good. Well, let me tell you something. That's the lie of the devil. Mm -hmm. And we need to be careful when we're prone to think that way. Because that's an evil spirit that's deceiving you. It's a warning sign that our mind is being polluted and therefore affecting our heart and our reasoning. So that'll make us have a different attitude, see? That'll make us have the attitude that we've been talking about here where you look at the world as just rotten and all bad and you don't see any good in it. Boy, if there wasn't any good in the world, it would be a terrible place to be right now. But right now, there is, there are the righteous and there are the wicked in this world. There is still good and there is still evil in this world. 
Always has been. Since the beginning. There was Cain and there was Abel. And Cain killed Abel, but that didn't do away with righteousness in this world. Because God replaced Abel. And then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago. So this attitude you find in in homeless people and on the street and drug addicts and prostitutes and other ungodly people of the world, you'll find that attitude in it. They're just totally hopeless in this world because they don't believe there is anything, such a thing as anything good or anybody good. It's all rotten. They think everybody is like them, really. They think that everybody would just take advantage of them if they could. They don't, they don't believe in good. They only believe in evil. You'll find that attitude in them. I've heard it, man. I've talked to a lot of people. I know people who's got that attitude. Don't get that attitude. They don't believe there's good anywhere in anyone. Now, the psychiatrists used to call that paranoia, you know. Because if you believe everyone is out to get you, then you must believe there's nothing in the world but evil. If everybody's out to get me, then there ain't no good in the world except maybe me. Yeah. That's why they're after me. It may seem that there's nothing but evil in the world, but that's because evil makes a whole lot more noise than purity and righteousness. Yes, that's why. I'm telling you, it only takes a drop of something noxious to make a gallon of something pure stink. Y'all know this verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1, don't you? Dead flies. Cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor, so doeth so doeth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So you see, don't take much to ruin everything. Don't take much to make a whole lot of effect when it's rotten and polluted. Evil brings swift destruction, and it causes a lot of misery. And grief that affects many people. And therefore, it's more noticeable. I mean, it is. What we were talking about a while ago. You know, all of that stems from one person. That family that we're praying for about the grandchildren and all. That I mentioned before, church here in the prayer. (laughs) That all stems from one person. Everybody's affected, see, for decades Forever. Because of the sin of one person. (laughs) Makes a big... I mean, makes a big wave. A big swath. So that's why we tend to think that the world's just all evil. It's not all evil or God would have put an end to it a long time ago. Do you know why the world still stands? Because God's still got people on this earth. They're still good here. And that's why the sun's still shining on this earth. And that's why people are still being born on this earth. And that's why things are going on. When it gets to the point where it's not, God will put an end to it. Just like He did in Noah's day. So... 
Righteousness and purity builds and edifies. And that takes a long time. And it's not noticed because it's done in quietness and peace. You know, we've been working on that building out there for more than a year. But if a tornado would come through, do you know how long it would take it to undo everything we've done? So painstakingly and so with so so much time? Yes. <laughs> or a fire or anything could just destroy. It doesn't it it just takes a lot less time to destroy than it does to build. And building doesn't get near as much doesn't make as much noise as destroying it does. Tornado comes through a town like here the other day, you know, and and it's all over the world. Everybody's seeing pictures of all that that tornado did. But no, they don't show anything about about anything being built slowly and what people are doing. That's the way it is. Our view of the world reflects how much of its pollution has filtered into our minds and hearts. To the pure, all things are pure. That's why the life of a godly, of the godly, is so much more pleasant and positive. And it is. A truly godly person will be a, a contented person. And they'll be a joyous person. They'll be a positive person. They'll be looking for the good. In people, in circumstances, in everything. That's what the Spirit of God teaches you. The godly views the world as God created it, so he sees God in everything. How can you not be happy and live joyously when you see God in everything? Do you do that? Do you enjoy the world that God made? And do you see that it's good? God said it was good. I mean, when He made it, that's what He pronounced. It is good. This is good. I know sin came into the world, and sin has done more damage. I was telling her today, we were talking about it in... And that's one thing that we don't do is we don't sum it up. We just live in our little cubicle and we see all the grief and sorrow and pain and suffering and heartache in our little circle and in our little life. But think of the generations and all of the... You know, I was talking about the thing I read there at Anne and Nick's wedding about the the ancestral arithmetic, you know, how the... Twelve generations before them, that adds up to over eight thousand people, just counting parents and grandparents that are that it took to bring this couple together today. And think of all the griefs and stories and you know love stories and sad stories and graves and children and troubles and we don't we, that we lose it right there because we cannot comprehend with our minds all of that suffering and so you know 
it's easy for us to just look at the world and say, man, this is terrible. This is a bad place. Well, the world's an evil place. Yes, it is. But there's good. There is good. There is still light in the world. (laughs) If there wasn't, you talk about, well, it would just be hell is what it would be. Now, the whole creation is a wonder to the godly person because it has God's signature all over every molecule. I get David Cloud's emails and every Friday he puts something in there about a creation, some marvel of creation. And it's it's always that way. How that God created everything so (laughs) marvelously that... You can't look at anything. You can go down with a microscope to the smallest you can see with a microscope. There it is. Undeniable. You can look to the farthest reaches of the heavens and you still, they declare the glory of God. By the way, just for, um, let me just put a parenthesis in here. You remember the other night when I had the brain freeze about what Brother Pete said? I messaged him today and I said, what did you say that time about that? And he said, oh yeah, I remember. He said, that little missionary's kid told him one time that he said, worry is just a mild case of atheism. That's it, it. yeah. Ain't that something? You can see God in everything. If you're looking. Now, if you're just looking at all the bad and the rot and the filth and the evil, you're going to miss God. But if you if you look for Him, you can see Him in every little thing. David told me the other day, he said, look at, watch the birds. He said, every time they peck at the ground, he said, they'll peck and they'll find something, they'll always turn their head like that. You know, <laughs> looking up. You just see God everywhere. The fact that the birds have enough to eat. They don't all die when we get zero weather and iced over the ground. They make it somehow. And I don't think they worry a lot about it either. (laughs) Everybody else does. It's going to freeze us to death. We're going to, this is the end, surely. I mean, don't tell them what's going to happen to us. I don't know if we can stand this or not. It's always the worst, the worst that's ever happened, the worst it's ever been. It's, <laughs> but then there's this other side way of looking at things where we look. The best is yet to come. Yeah, yes. yeah. the best. That our best days are still <laughs> ahead of us. Eternity's still ahead of us. Yes, we got nothing but good to look forward to. That's the other way of looking at it. You got a choice. Every person has to make up their mind how they want to look at life and the world around them. But a godly person lives by faith, not by sight. He lives by faith, so he sees what could be. And by reading the Word of God, knows what will be one day. When redemption is complete for all of God's creation, because the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain, even until now, waiting for what? The redemption of the body. I mean, sin 
interrupted and did something to much more than man. Man's sin affected the whole creation. But Jesus' atonement was is sufficient for to fix everything. <laughs> and so when we live by faith we see what could be. You look at a poor wretched sinner who's blind and evil and filthy and corrupt and hopeless and you have hope for him because of what you know about God and the future and what God's done. You don't look at him. No, a a person that knows God has been born again and has the Spirit of God living in him is not going to look at a person like that and say, you know, he just needs to be in hell. That's where he needs to be. Sure we'll be glad when God puts all of them in hell. No, 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 no. You won't look at things like that. You won't say we ought to put all of them on an island somewhere and just drop an atom bomb on them. I've heard preachers say that from the pulpit. To the defiled and unbelieving, though, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. The way of the transgressor is hard. His way is hard and life's full of misery and woe and there's nothing to trust or rejoice in. And since he's judged all as being evil and convinced himself that good doesn't exist, he has no hope for any future that's better. Ain't that a pitiful state to be in? When you decide that everything is worthless and corrupt and rotten, and everybody is too. You can't trust nobody. You get that? You let the devil wallow you around into a corner and get you that attitude in your mind. What kind of state are you in? You're not fit for heaven. You're not getting ready to go there. I can tell you that. You're getting fit for hell because that's what hell is going to be like. All the haters, all the murderers, all the liars, all the fornicators and adulterers and the every that the Bible names, that's where they're going. Not to heaven. No, God's preparing heaven as a place for those who love Him. <laughs> and who are like Christ. Since he's judged everything evil, he doesn't have any hope. He lives by sight and not by faith. And the only thing he sees is evil in everything. And since everything and everyone is evil and rotten, he excuses himself as just being like everyone else. Probably a little better than most. So his mind and conscience are defiled. Do you see that? Do you see that? When you just say, well, you know, everybody's rotten. And I've heard this, I hear it all the time from people. Unbelievers. And I hear it from people who sit in church say the same thing. We're fixing to get to that in a minute, but they say the same thing. Everybody's so rotten and we're all just the same. And and they've judged themselves just a little above average, if not in the top, you know, of the best of the rotten. 
There are two ways to live in this world. We can live in hope, loving others, and believe in God. We can live that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, and this, how about this? The 13 is a bad number for superstitious people. 13, 13, listen to this. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. Now that don't sound like a bad verse to me. That don't sound like blackness and doom and gloom and bad luck. Faith, hope, and charity. You can live in hope, loving others, and believe in God. You see that? Faith, hope, charity. You can live that way. If you want to. You gotta make up your mind. How are you going to live? How are you going to be? This will cause us to look at others and the world around us completely differently than the, than the lost people around us. We'll, we'll look at it completely different than we did when we were lost. Our hope and our peace will beget reason to hope in others and be a beacon for them. You're the light of the world, Jesus said. You know what you said about a friend at work the other day? See? That's what I'm talking about. That's why people come around asking questions sometimes. They're watching. Yes. I mean, don't think that everybody's not looking for any kind of light. They are. They just they just think everything's rotten because it sure looks that way. I mean, at a glance, if you don't look for it, you don't find the good. Everything's that way. Here in a few months, you guys will be out there scouring the woods for mushrooms, you know. But they're not easy to find, are they? Well, that's because they're good and everybody loves them. That's the way everything good is. It's kind of hard to find. Anything that's valuable and worthwhile, it's it's just not laying right on top of the ground for everybody to just come and snatch up. And so, not everybody looks for it, do they? About everybody looks for mushrooms, but I mean, that's not true. What was the last year we went home and you seen some beside the road and by the time you got back down there somebody already got them. Yeah. Well, that's because of social media and everybody talking about it. Didn't used to be that way. This view of the world and and the effect it has on others is one of the results of purity. That's the point I'm making here tonight. A pure heart a pure mind, a pure conscience will give you a view of the world that will affect others. It will make you a blessing. It will make you fruitful as a Christian. As a child of God, it will make you fruitful. What did Jesus say about uh, your good works? Glorifying your Father which is in heaven. They'll see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Good works are important. 
If you have real faith, you'll have works. Faith without works is dead. Can faith alone save you? No. Does work save you? No. Works alone? No, works don't save you. Neither does faith alone save you. This old deal of just believing without any change. You remember that song that we heard sang in church? It was offensive because it said, I'm tired of being moved but never changed. Everybody identifies with that because that's me. I just hear it and hear it and hear it, but nothing ever happens. That's because you never obey. You never do what you hear. You're just a hearer of the Word and not a doer. And that's what the Bible says you're not supposed to do. Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. So we can, or we can, you know, we can do that. We can live in hope, faith, hope, and charity. Or we can live in hopelessness and despair and bitterness and hatefulness and darkness alone. Because that's what you do. We can view the world as nothing but evil and all people are our enemies and defy our conscience and God and have a special contempt for the people of God and we'll live in the darkest place of the universe. If you want that, you you can have it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. That at that time ye were without Christ. Now he's talking to the people in this church. And he's talking about before they were saved. At that time ye were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope. And without God in the world. That's a bad place to be. But do you know out of the... What I see the other day? Is it 8 billion people on the planet now? The other day it rolled over. The way they're counting. I don't know who's counting them. but Or how they're counting them. It's got to be kind of an estimate. But over 8 billion people. And most of them are just what that verse just said right there. Without God and without hope in the world. They think everything's evil and rotten. Can you imagine? I just can't imagine living my life and thinking that this was all there was and it's all rotten and evil. Ain't you glad you heard some good news? Ain't you glad there's a God in heaven? That has promised us something far better than this. And the time is at hand. This, this difference isn't marked by those who go to church and those who do not. But by the view they have of this world around them. God's people are not identified by church going. Now, I believe God's people be in church. You know I believe that. <laughs> But that doesn't... Listen to this. The next verse. The verse 16. We read Titus chapter 1 verse 15. Verse 16. This is the verse following. The context of the verse we're preaching about tonight. It says they profess that they know God. Who's it talking about? 
those that have the unbelieving and defiled conscience. It says they profess that they know God. Bitter people who believe the whole world is nothing but rotten profess they know God. But in works they deny Him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. They're part of the problem. But they profess to know God. People shouldn't profess to know God if they have such a sorry outlook and view of the world and other people. I mean, if you just if you just can't stand other people and you just hate other people, and I mean, <laughs> where is there a place for that in a Christian? You tell me. Find it in here and show me because I don't know where that's at. What kind of view did Jesus convey of the world? Well, it was it was rotten all around him. I mean, they was trying to kill him. As soon as he started, they turned against him and they called him all kinds. I mean, he took a whole lot of evil from this world. They spit in his face. But did he did he pronounce the world evil? No. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The Bible talks about the faith of Jesus. He died alone. But He died in faith for us. Don't you understand what I'm saying? I mean, He knew. He knew that I would come to Him if He died for me. So He did it. So, what if we would just have the same kind of view, the same kind of faith, hope, and charity? Now, by to those three. Obviously, there were people sitting in the church there who were unbelieving. Or, well, he wrote to Titus, but there were, because he went on in Titus and talked about slow bellies and blah, 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 rebuke them sharply and all. There were people sitting in the church then who were unbelieving and defiled in mind and conscience, who claimed they were saved and serving God. So let's be careful and examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. How do you look at the world? Well, the world is a dangerous, evil place. It certainly is. There's much evil in the world. That's what I don't understand about people who are godless and atheists and all of that. How can they look at this world and not realize the problem of good and evil? Some of these people that talk about the Indians, you know, they say that you know, you could take away this animal or that animal. You know, if you took, you could do anything to the earth you want to, but if you took away man, the earth would improve. You've just left all the animals here and took man away. It's true. Who's the problem on this planet? Men are. Yeah. It's the people causing all the problems because of all the evil. Yes, it is. But what keeps it from, what has kept it from completely destroying itself up until now? 
the salt of the earth, the light that's still here. The goodness of God. The creation of a... Now think about this and I'm going to quit. I was going to be short tonight. But the creation of a new man. I'm talking about a new birth. The new birth. Think about it here. Is the creation of a new universe. A new view. Remember what we said at the beginning? Every man creates his own world. Your mind creates the world you're looking at. As you see it. What happens when you get born again? Oh yeah, you've heard it said so many times. I mean, the the sky looks different. It's like you see everything for the first time. Yes, sir. The old timers wrote a song, Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. Have you ever known anybody before they were saved? and I mean, real rotten. And then known them after they were saved? I have. I've seen God. I've seen it happen. Seen what happens. Seen that view change completely. That old maniac had a whole different view after he met Jesus. Didn't he? Yes. The world looked different to the prodigal when he came home. That old farm didn't look like it did when he left. When he left, he couldn't stand it. He wanted away from it. When he came home, it was the sweetest place on the earth. Changed his view. Changed his outward view. How you look at the world. How do you look at others? Do you just see evil? Look for the good. To be charitable, that's what that means. Always look for hope. Always have hope for everybody, every person, every child, every wayward one. Always have hope. These that are out of the way on our prayer list, the kids and stuff. We got to have faith and hope and charity. That's the only way they'll ever. She told the lady there this evening, you just got to love them. You know. She told her what her mom said at the funeral to one of the family as an example of what not to do. And Mary said, oh, I would never do that anyway. But but that's that's the whole thing. It's the only thing that works. It's the only thing that works. You can be angry. You can hold a grudge. You can be bitter. And all it's going to do is just destroy you and deepen the gulf between whatever has been separated from you. Simple, basic Christianity, godliness 101. I mean, this is kindergarten stuff for Christians. But we, we just gotta be reminded of it. Purity has, it affects the way we look at the world. That pollution gets in us and we get that evil eye.
that evil attitude. Let's don't do it. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the clear teaching here. Please help us to receive it and swallow it down and assimilate it into our life, into our thinking. Help us, Lord, to have a heart for people, for loved ones, for the ones we don't even know. Help us, Lord, as individuals to be that way, and then then our church will be that way. And it won't take long for people to find out about that. I just see so much of it everywhere I go. I hear it in people's conversations and there's a hunger there's a desperate search out there for light and life and good people are looking for it and hoping for it but they stay in such a dark place that they can't find it please help this church to be effective and fruitful and make a difference Go with us home and get us home. Lord, tonight safely, I pray. Work in our homes and our hearts. And help us to be a blessing this week in Jesus' name. Amen.